This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 142, episode 142 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your family. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, Burnt Toast, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, It's Always Something with JD. Let's be clear with Kayla, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, and of course, Big Night Breaks, and you can go to the Card Vault down at Patriot Place. I was down there the other day after the Patriots game, had a great time seeing Chris Costa and his whole squad, and you can also get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab, click the Banner Banter tab. Banner Banter tab and uh, buy yourself some merchandise. That'd be greatly appreciated. So this is going to be a weird podcast, not going to lie, because I'm in a weird state of mind uh, personally and with the Celtics. So I, it, it's going to be a frustrating, bizarre, honest, weird, spot on podcast, I think. But let, let's get you caught up first. Number one, uh, right now, Dennis Schroeder has an ankle injury. Uh, we don't know when he's going to be back. He did not play last night against the Toronto Raptors. Josh Richardson is back from his little stint with the flu. Uh, the Time Lord is also dealing with that as well. And hopefully Time Lord will be back on Wednesday night at TD Garden when they play the Philadelphia 76ers. So hopefully Rob is feeling okay. Hopefully Dennis is feeling okay. Everyone else is back at it. Jalen Brown's is still not at 100%, but he did play all week, which I think is a good sign for the Celtics and his hamstring, of course. Uh, so that's that on the injury side of things. As far as the games, uh, the Celtics did beat the Rockets last Monday, 108-90, to as they should have. They got absolutely spanked by the Brooklyn Nets the night before Thanksgiving, 123-104. to They lost to the Spurs, which was super embarrassing, 96-88, to and then they beat the Toronto Raptors last night in Toronto, 109-97. to They are now two and two well last week they were two and two currently they are 11 and 10 on the season they are currently the ninth seed aka they're in the play-in game hooray they but here's the thing they're only one and a half games behind the hornets for the sixth seed and they're only two games out of the fourth seed so it's not that bad and there's still 61 games to play so a lot a lot could happen it could go really bad or it could go really well but folks let me tell you i am horrified over the next 10 games or so for the celtics their schedule is not ideal and this could be one of those, if they don't go at least 500, people are going to start panicking. The players are going to start hearing people overreact. And it may not be best for this basketball team with how fragile some of the players are on this basketball team. And I'm petrified. For example, 
The 76ers have Joel Embiid back. The Jazz are one of the best teams in the NBA. The Trailblazers are one of the best home teams in the NBA, which we'll talk about in a little bit. The Lakers could easily beat the Celtics. The Clippers could easily beat the Celtics. The Suns have won 16 in a row. The Bucks are finally healthy and putting everything together. They have still not lost this season with Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton in the lineup. And guess what? All three of those guys are healthy. The Re- uh, the Warriors, they are 18-2. and two. They have the best record in the NBA. The Knicks, for some odd reason, always have our number. These next 10 games for the Celtics have to be a 7-3, and 6-4 type of scenario at minimum. It really does. And having a five-game West Coast road trip with a couple back-to-back games is not ideal in any way, shape, or form. I am horrified that this team could really spiral into a bad place. Or this could be an incredible opportunity and they can really show that they can compete with some of the best teams in the NBA because they did not show that last Wednesday night at TD Garden the night before Thanksgiving because they it looked like JV versus varsity out there with the Nets. And I understand that they hung with them in the second half and that was cute and adorable and all, but come on, not ideal in any way, shape, or form. So let's, I, it's, I don't want to say we're going to recap the week because, you know, they beat the Rockets. They should have beat the Rockets. They got spanked by the Nets. Wasn't surprising, but you thought it was going to be a little bit closer. The game against the Spurs, they were, you know, they. Sh- I think in the first quarter they went five of twenty-six. It really wasn't ideal. But then in the third quarter they turned it up, and they were up seven points with three twenty to go, and. They let the Spurs go on a 15-0 run, and I'll never understand why this team can't close. And if someone can tell me before I start spiraling right now, that'd be great because, you know what, I'm going to spiral. I don't understand how this team, with two All-Stars, a veteran player like Al Horford, a another veteran point guard like Dennis Schroeder, and someone who's been in the league for quite some time, Marcus Smart, who, you know, we all know is very hit or miss. But, I mean, Marcus Smart was the Celtics' leading scorer in the Nets game and the Raptors game. He is, like... Okay. So, you're on the road. You're in San Antonio. The Celtics are, like, cursed in San Antonio. I know they, like ended like a seven or eight year losing streak in San Antonio. I think it was back in 2019. They've only been back there once and they lost that game. And I understand for whatever reason, Greg Popovich can always coach better when he's playing the Celtics. If we remember during the pandemic, they were down 32 points, them being the Celtics, they came back one in overtime. That was the game where Tatum dropped 60 points. So I just don't understand how the Celtics can let this 4-13 and team at the time, they've lost six in a row at the time, can just let them go on a 15-0 run with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Dennis Schroeder, Al Horford, and Marcus Smart on the floor. And I promise you, you couldn't name more than three players on the floor for the Spurs that are not Keldon Johnson, White, or Murray. It's insane. It's absolutely insane to me. I don't understand like, Jason Tatum didn't score. Jalen Brown didn't score. In three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. How does that give you any confidence in this basketball team when the game's on the line in a very important game, whether that's a play-in game, a game seven in a playoff series? How can you have any confidence in that? Like, what? I, I just need someone to tell me why the Celtics can't close a basketball game. They couldn't do it with Brad. They can't do it with Ime. Like, what's going on? Like, could they close with Rick Pitino when, you know, many, many moons ago when the Fleet Center was opened? I Like, I don't get it. There's, there's no answers for it. 
There really isn't. I and uh, I don't know. So this whole week, I feel I like I just don't know what to say about it because nothing is going right, but nothing is really going that bad. It's bizarre, and I don't like it at all. I really don't. Like for example, Jalen Brown is back, which is a good thing, right? Jalen Brown, he's an all-star, but they played really well without him. They won like what was it, six out of eight games without him? That's really good. And now since he's been back, they're only two and two. That makes zero sense to me. Zero. I mean, at one point in the Rockets game, he scored like 12 points in a row in less than 90 seconds. But then he was 0 of 8 from 3 versus the Nets. I don't get it. The Celtics' defense is doing a lot of good things, but the offense isn't. Currently, the Celtics have the sixth best defense in the NBA and have held teams under 40% shooting seven times this year. They only did that six times last year. So, again, that's really good. But before the Raptors game on Sunday, the Celtics had the worst fourth quarter offense in the NBA. And then after the Raptors game, it's now the second worst offense. So their defense is really good, which is great because last year their defense sucked. So that's why they brought in Ime. Good defense. But now their offense has taken a drop, which is something that Brad was really good at. So I just don't get it. Like the Celtics are shooting 32% from three this year. One of the worst teams in the NBA. I think they're bottom five in three-point shooting percentage. I th- yeah, I think it's like fifth. But the Celtics are shooting 81% from the free throw line, which is fourth best in the NBA. And the Celtics have the third best rebounding percentage in the NBA. But then they're bottom 10 in assists. So it's like there's some good and then there's some bad. And that's why they're 11 and 10. Where it should just be good, 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 good. Like the the Celtics having the fifth worst three-point percentage in the league, not ideal. Because every single year, I think except for one, the Celtics had a top 10 offense in the NBA. And then, you know, they would be middle of the road uh, defensively, except for, you know, last year where they were absolutely brutal. And now it's they're really good on defense and then absolutely brutal on offense. I don't get it. Like, it's just so weird to me that everything goes bad, but there's some positive behind it. Here's another example for you. If I told you any coach in the NBA would have taken Ennis Cantor and number 12 out of a game with three minutes and 20 seconds to go to bring in Al Horford and Dennis Schroeder to play with Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, you would have said, what a great decision. I, I love that. But then the team... One on a 15-0 run that they were playing against. You like, If I told you that story, you'd been like, you are a liar. But that's what happened. And that sucked. It really did. But the positive is, Ennis Cantor is actually playing well. And number 12 is actually playing well. And if the Celtics stayed with both of those guys on the floor, they would have won. That makes zero sense. But it's also good that we can trust Ennis Cantor and we can maybe kind of, sort of, hopefully, trust number 12. And then it's like, what about Ime the coach? The defense is great. The offense is not. He can he can make sure that the team can defend and get good shots. I mean, um, have the other team take bad shots, which then leads to good offense, or that's what it's supposed to. But, like, why can't he get good opportunities for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter? Now, is that good coaching on defense, but the players being selfish on offense? Or is that the Celtics players willing to play defense for their coach 
and then it's bad coaching on offense. I don't know which one it is. I think the Celtics are willing to play defense for their coach, and it's bad coaching on offense, where last year they weren't willing to play defense for their coach, but they could score the basketball. I don't get it. I need help. I'm trying to figure it out. I've dove deep. It's not ideal. It's not pretty. I don't know what's going on. Jason Tatum, there were some ports, reports out recently that maybe he just cares about himself and doesn't care about the team winning. And those are from some executives throughout the league and some assistant coaches in the Eastern Conference as well. I don't like to spiral into those reports in any way, shape, or form, but I want Jason Tatum to continue to score 30 points a night. Like I understand he's going to have some good times and he's going to have some bad times, but he had some really, really dark times this week. And because of that, let's add to the weirdness and get a really, really bizarre stud and dud of the week going. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 142. Insert that song. How bizarre. Do, 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 do. How bizarre. How bizarre. All right, you ready? The stud of the week is number 12. The dud of the week is Jason Tatum. Here we go. I actually might call Jason Tatum number zero throughout this for the rest of the podcast, but number 12 shot 52%. That's weird. Number zero shot 32%. That's weird. Number 12 shot 42% from three. Number zero shot 16% from three. What is going on? The Celtics were a plus five with number 12 on the floor this week. The Celtics were a minus 10 with number zero on the floor this week. Again, everything is weird with the Celtics right now. I don't get it. Number 12 helped the Celtics beat the Raptors. Like, he was very important in that game. Number 12 didn't take too many dumb shots this week. He did get a little three heavy versus the Nets, but who didn't? I'm pretty sure the Celtics shot two out of 719 in that game. They were atrocious. And listen, if number 12 keeps playing like this, I'll call him by his name. I really will. But I got to see it consistently. And he was, I, I, again, I say it all the time. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. Number 12 was good this week. Number zero was not. But he was a combined number zero, this is. You, you, you think I'm talking about number 12 when I literally say shot a combined 6 out of 32 versus the Nets and the Raptors and was a minus 33 in the Nets game. Nope, that was number zero, not number 12. But in some Kanye West, beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy type of way, number zero also had 10 assists in the Raptors game, which is a good sign because Jason Tatum knew he was off and was willing to help the team out in other ways to get open shots for other guys because Nick Nurse's defense was so focused on Jason Tatum. And Josh Richardson took advantage of that. Marcus Smart took advantage of that. Number 12 took advantage of that. And so that is some positiveness, if that's even a word, positiveness, it's probably not a word, but whatever. But like, he sucked but he helped the team. It doesn't make any sense. Like Jason Tatum, it should be Jason Tatum always helps the team win and doesn't suck. It's so weird. But like number 12 helped win games this week. Number zero didn't do a lot of positive and number zero can play better, which is great. And number 12 shouldn't be set of the week, 
while number zero is dud of the week. It makes zero sense. But here we are. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. Like, that, the Nets game, I, I, I talked about it in episode 141. You cannot outshoot a team that is that shoots the ball better than you. And that's exactly what the Celtics did. You can't let a team go on a run late in a game while they're at home, while they suck, and give them energy. That's exactly what the Celtics did. But then, you have to beat the teams that you are better than, which is the the Raptors and the Rockets. So they like did what they were supposed to do, but they like didn't do what they were supposed to do. This is such a confusing basketball team, and it doesn't really help with the games that they have coming up. So let's do a quick preview of the upcoming week, and we start Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. versus the Philadelphia 76ers at TD Garden, which in my opinion is a very important game. Listen, the Easter Conference is an absolute shit show right now. It really is, especially the Atlantic Division outside the Brooklyn Nets who are going to walk away with the division. But when you look at when you look at it, the Raptors aren't too far behind. Okay, I think they're like eight and eleven or eight and twelve now. Not too far behind. The 76ers are ten and ten. The Celtics are eleven and ten, and the Knicks are eleven and nine. It's an absolute shit show. So a game like this could help you with a tiebreaker further down the road, and could be the difference of the play-in game or actually having a series at home. Like it, it really could. And now that Joel Embiid is back for the 76ers after his battle with COVID. The 76ers are now a, a, a team to be reckoned with. Tobias Harris is also back for them. And listen, the 76ers have lost 8 out of their last 10 games, including Embiid's first game back the other day against the Minnesota Timberwolves where he dropped like 42 points and had 13 or 14 rebounds. And listen, I know we have Al Horford, and you know maybe he can slow down Joel Embiid. I don't know. I don't think it's the same. And who knows? I mean, Al Horford may know all of Joel Embiid's tricks after they played for a year together in Philadelphia. But this game is really important for the standings. I mean, it it is really tough to judge the 76ers on how they're going to show up. Ben Simmons, all that crazy stuff with his mental health, how much he hates the team, the team wants him back, is the team really supporting him with his mental health? Then they didn't have Tobias Harris for, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup with an injury. And Bede had COVID. Tyrese Maxey has been terrific for them. He has made a huge jump filling in for Ben Simmons. Seth Curry has been shooting the ball well for them. Shake Milton is instant offense for them and will absolutely torch the Celtics defense as long as, well, and maybe not. Maybe Romeo can play some good defense or maybe Neesmith can play some good defense on him. Who knows? But they also have great defenders that can slow down Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Thibault and Green. So we're going to need the bench depth which showed up a couple times this week in a good way. But what if it doesn't show up? That's uh, this. You just can't trust this team yet. It's so weird. And they also have uh, Andre Drummond backing up Joel Embiid. So we might see a lot of Drummond versus Ennis Cantor. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want to see that as an NBA fan? And maybe the Time Lord will be over the flu that he's battling. Which will be great. It's not COVID-related, which is, you know, obviously you don't want to hear anyone being sick, but the fact that it's not COVID is a good thing. So hopefully the Time Lord will be back. And maybe Schroeder, after having Sunday, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off, he'll be back in the lineup on Wednesday. So the Celtics could be at full strength on Wednesday against the 76ers team, who will also be at full strength if you don't include Ben Simmons. So it's going to be an interesting matchup and a very important one. The Celtics do seem to play better at home, of course, minus that Nets game and the first Raptors game at the beginning of the season that we try not to think about. But I don't know. Sorry, that butt was really loud. I have no idea why. But 
back-to-back games to start this West, this five-game West Coast road trip against. It's the Jazz, Trailblazers, Lakers, Clippers, and Suns. Oh, my. Not ideal. But the first one, Friday night, 9 p.m. in Utah, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Gore, uh, Rudy Gobert versus the Time Lord. Can Marcus Smart slow down Mike Conley? Will the Celtics try to outshoot this team like they did with the Nets and where they failed miserably? The Jazz are obviously one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. So please don't try to outshoot them in any way, shape, or form. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. The Jazz have the best offensive rating in the league. The Celtics need to try and keep up with that and bring their sixth best defense in the league on the road. That's not a ta- that's not a pretty task in any way, shape, or form. It's a huge ask, to be honest. But it's it's weird because you want their defense to show up against the Jazz, but you want their offense to show up against the Portland Trailblazers the next night against in Portland because the Sel- the Trailblazers have one of the worst defenses in the league. So you have to slow down the best offense and then try and take advantage of a piss-poor defense. So that's going to be very interesting to see if the Celtics can do that because what's crazy about this game on Saturday night at 10 p.m. in Portland, the Portland Trailblazers are 10-10 and 10 this year. So basically the Celtics played one more game. They, for the most part, have identical records. The Trailblazers are 1-9 and nine on the road. And for those at home that are terrible at math, that means they are 9-1 and one at home. Best at best in the NBA, one and nine on the road, nine and one at home, and of course the Celtics are playing them at home. Of course, right? Of course. I mean, Dame Lillard is going to be Dame Lillard. C.J. McCollum is going to be C.J. McCollum. Can Schroeder or Richardson or Smart or Jalen or whoever is out there can they slow down Dame and C.J.? You're not. Dame is going to get his. C.J. McCollum is going to get his. But can you control them where they're not going to be dropping, you know, 35-foot three-pointers multiple times? They're not going to be dropping 30, 40 points. Can you slow them down? That's going to be important. Norman Powell, Celtics killer when he was on the Raptors. He's had a solid year so far. He obviously played for the the, uh, the Trailblazers the second part of last season. So he's familiar playing with Dame and CJ, etc., etc. Robert Covington, one of the better defenders in the league. He leads the team in blocks for the Trailblazers. Same with Nassir Little, another good defender. So can Jalen and Jason take full advantage of that? The Celtics' offense really and truly needs to show up in this game. The Raptors have the third worst defense in the league. Make your shots. And if the shots aren't falling, attack the rim. Ime Adoka talked about after the Raptors game how much he loved how the Celtics attacked the rim. I mean, at one point in the Raptors game, the Celtics had 18 free throws taken, and they made all 18, and the Raptors only took three. So that is something that they got to do. Attack the rim. Put your head down. It's okay to pass up an open three if you have an open lane to drive to the layup to make an easy basket. So absolutely bananas. Oh, yeah, and also, before we leave, just a couple things. Uh, we have to do Cantor Banter, but for those of you that missed it on the Banner Banter Podcast Instagram page or on Banner Banter 18 on Twitter, uh, Ennis Cantor is changing his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom. You could argue that's probably better than Meta World Peace, but Ennis Cantor from now on will now be Ennis Cantor Freedom. Now, will Freedom be on the back of his jersey going forward? I guess we'll have to wait and find out, but I'm very interested if that's the case. But with that being said, Ennis Cantor. A lot of rebounds this week, folks, which means we're going to have a pretty long canter banter. So here we go. He's a man who loves to get it.
double-double, but when it comes to the Turkish government, he's in a lot of trouble. It's time for cancer banter, baby! Wow! Alright, that is it for Canter Banter, and that is it for episode 142 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Oh yeah, just one quick little public service announcement. I was obviously talking about Ben Simmons earlier and his struggle with mental health. Folks, don't don't forget to check in on your friends that that are battling depression and you know, going through some things in, in life. It's uh it's not easy. Um I'm I'm not going through a very good time right now in my life. I'm I'm not in the best mental space, but Check in on your friends, even if it's someone you haven't talked to in a while. Check in on them. Just ask them how they're doing. It goes a long way. And if you're battling with something in your life, just remember, it's okay not to be okay. Seriously, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Everything will be okay, I promise you. It's a struggle, but you're going to be okay. But thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 142 of the Banner Banter podcast. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Uh, I'll be posting updates, as I always do, on Twitter and Instagram all week long. I'm kind of not doing a lot of Facebook lately because I don't get as much as much interaction as I do on some of the other ones. Uh, but by all means, follow all the social media. Please like, subscribe, comment, rate. All the good stuff on all of your favorite podcast app, like Apple, Spotify, etc., etc. I'm going to stop talking. Enjoy the three Celtics games this week. We'll talk to you next Monday on episode 143. Have a great week. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.